Hi, I'm Chris Lester, creator of the Metamore City Story Universe. You can find my stuff at chrislester.org. You're listening to the Melting Podcast. You're listening to the Melting Podcast, a writing variety show featuring a little of everything from everyone, everywhere. Hello. This thing on? Yeah, it, it, it's on. It's not going to answer back. Oh, well, that's sad. It should be able to talk back. I know. You know? I know, right? No. You you know, no? If it could talk back, it would be talking we're trying to record, and that wouldn't do any good at all. This is true. Mm-hmm. But we let you talk, and that doesn't do us any good well, at all. That's because I am kind of in charge here, and this is my kitchen. Shh. You listened. I don't know how to handle this. <laughs> anyway. Hi. How are we doing? <coughs> <coughs> <clears throat> Does that answer your question? Sure. No. Okay. Anyway, welcome to episode 70 of the Melting Podcast. I'm your head chef, A.F. Grappen. And that's Coffee Cofferton. <clears throat> okay. Honestly, every time I open my mouth, it just kind of... Thank you. <laughs> it just kind of thanks you? <laughs> no. And I'm your grill, Mistress Aaron Kasmark. Yay, it's us. We're friends. I don't think this is news to anyone. <laughs> no kidding. But it's, it's it's good times here at the the disaster kitchen. Good and disaster. <laughs> we're, we're we're a magical disaster. Things have actually been pretty hectic for about the last month. Extremely. So this episode's going to be pretty short. But I have a feeling people will forgive us. Oh, yeah. We, we've had a few longer yeah. episodes recently, so. Mm. We have. And we've got some good stuff planned for 2019, so we're just trying to get this year wrapped up. I'm trying to get this episode done in time. I'm trying to get our December 15th episode done. This episode is already <clears throat> done. Yeah. Plus, I'm trying to get our Patreon backer episode done for 2018. That mm-hmm. one's... <sighs> it's quite a thing. I've got I've got some work ahead of me for the next couple of weeks. Awesome. To get it out this year, but it's going to happen. We promise. Yay. In the meantime, we have a main ingredient story for you. We do indeed. And yeah. It's awesome. And the, You're going to love it. You are. Because this is a word chef we've had on repeatedly who is starting to get a little bit of a reputation here in the disaster kitchen. Maybe a little. A little. A reputation for definitely being way outside the box. There are boxes? Mm-hmm. Because he likes to touch on multiple prompts. Oh, no. Yeah, it's Jason Goodman. Yay! This story, let's see, kind of touches on, like, three prompts, I believe it is. Something like that. Oh, no, like four. It touches on, it, it's mostly based off of prompt, gotta find it, number 14. A rash of people have just entered the emergency room, all of them exhibiting superpowers. But it also touches on prompt number 10. An animal from outside your local ecosystem has entered nature and is breeding uncontrollably. Ah. 
prompt number 12, write a story featuring some kind of mystic cheese. Mmm, cheese. And kind of prompt number 16, the sounds on top of the roof suddenly stopped. And maybe some others. <laughs> so there are a lot to choose from. Yeah. So just, just have this story. Bon appétit. A Peculiar, Strange, Bizarre Day Ever by Jason Goodman This had to be the most bizarre day ever. Jay had been working his shift in the hospital emergency recovery and observation wing of Bay City General when the strangeness began. It started with a freak rainstorm. Out of nowhere, the rain started pounding so hard on the roof that Jay began to worry that there would be flooding on the helipad. Then it stopped. Then it briefly started again. Then it stopped. Jay looked outside. No clouds. For that matter, no water even on the ground as far as he could tell. Not even a puddle on the sidewalk. Peculiar. Then the patients started to come in. The first person to come in was Mrs. Xenia Gray, according to the EMTs. She had been found wandering around Central Square, shouting incoherently. Normally, this would require a trip to Ark and Hammer's psychiatric hospital for observation, but she had also appeared to be covered in a bright red rash. The EMTs made the call to bring her to BCG in case there was some sort of illness that was causing the delusional behavior. She was still muttering randomly when they escorted her into the ER, but Jay was used to tuning delusional patients out when admitting them. He was taking her vitals when Mrs. Gray grabbed his wrist and, locking eyes with Jay, intoned clearly, You are immune to sight. You will need to see what you can't and ignore what you're seeing that isn't there. After this, she relaxed into a light slumber. Jay waited a few seconds to see if she had anything else to say before wheeling her into a curtained alcove. This night just went from peculiar to strange, Jay thought. That's when the other victims started coming in, and the night took a left turn past strange directly into bizarre. Jay lost count of how many victims came in that night. The staff stopped being able to diagnose them and started to group them by their specific delusions. The bizarre part wasn't the similarity in delusion, Jay found, but in the fact that the delusions all seemed to be shared in some way. In one group, you had the starers. These people would gaze intensely at some other patient and the other patient would act as if they were burning or blown backwards. Jay caught one of them staring at him once. What? Jay was tired and was starting to have a hard time holding on to his positive attitude. Do not be rude, youngster, or my gaze shall set you ablaze. Ma'am, the only fire I feel is heartburn. Please go back to your seat. The starer wandered off, muttering something about her power starting to work internally. Jay was just happy to see her get out of his way. Then came the pointers. 
These patients would thrust their fingers out dramatically, and the other patient would recoil as if shot. One pointed at Jay, shouting a loud, POPOW! startling Jay and causing him to fall backwards. The pointer cackled and ran <laughs> off as Jay struggled back to his feet. One of the most aggravating groups that Jay saw that night were the head guys. This delusion seemed to involve rubbing their temples or forehead and then stating some emotional state. Jay lost count of how many times he heard, You are feeling very stressed. Relax. From a head guy that would then watch another patient fall asleep. Unfortunately, the sleep was only temporary. Jay found this group particularly frustrating because they seemed scared of him. They would see him approach, cry something about dark emotions, which wasn't really untrue at this point, and run away. Jay wasn't sure what to think about the patients that the staff were calling the waivers. These patients came in, moving their hands in elaborate gestures and speaking in deep, portentous tones. One of them even found his way to a room where a patient had been suffering from an extreme case of flatulence. Jay found the waiver standing at the foot of the man's bed and toning loudly, Thou shall not pass gas, with his hands spread wide. Taking him gently by the elbow, Jay led him back to the others. Glancing back, Jay saw a look of relief pass over the other patient's face, though Jay assumed it was because he was being left alone to fart in peace. All of these patients came into the ER in very short order, and it became a struggle to keep them separated and sorted. Jay had been working the ER when there had been a 30-car pileup on the highway two winters ago, and that time last summer when the bus from the asylum had collided with that convoy from the circus and that transport full of nitrous oxide. In that last one, the ER had been filled with clowns, people who thought they were clowns, people who were afraid of clowns, and people who just acted like clowns. Neither of those instances had prepared Jay for the chaos of this day. For the longest time, it was nothing but people staring, gesturing, pointing, and flying around in reaction to all of the above. It wasn't until one of the pointers shoved a red-skinned finger under his nose that Jay noticed the rash. Glancing about, Jay saw red splotches on the exposed skin of many of the other patients. And hadn't Miss Gray had a pretty severe rash as well? Hadn't this whole crazy night started with her bizarre behavior? Jay looked her up and saw that Miss Gray was still in her room, but could check herself out at any moment. The rash was simply listed as contact dermatitis, full body, unknown allergen. He hurried to her room and saw her lying in bed, eyes shut. Miss Gray, are you awake? You still do not see. Only height gives perspective. What do you mean? Can you tell me where you got your rash? Is it the cause of all this? I was just taking my tea out on my roof talking to my flowers. Then the wisdom rained on me from above. It was a little salty. Jay had no idea what she was talking about, but it did give him somewhere to start. 
he remembered the weird dry rain from earlier that day. She had been on the roof. And what had she said about height and perspective? Bursting through the door to the roof, Jay found that he was not alone. The roof and the roofs of the neighboring buildings were teeming with men in odd red uniforms. Jay stopped short. He didn't recognize the round insignia on their shoulders, but wasn't taking any chances. Before he could head back inside, a man with a clipboard and a lot of stripes on his insignia approached him. This is a restricted area, sir. You must leave. This isn't restricted. It's the roof. Besides, I work here. It's restricted now, sir. Do not make us detain you. The man gestured, and two red-clad soldiers came to stand beside Jay. You can't detain me. Who are you people, anyway? I'm Sergeant Pistoff. We're from Targe. The commander said, as if that explained everything. Targe? Jay asked. Threat assessment and response gauging experts. Okay, Jay said. Targe it is, whatever that means. The agent apparently didn't mind explaining. A targe is a kind of shield, and that's what we do. We protect the world from whatever threats come up. Why don't you just call yourself SHIELD, then? Jay asked. It's a harder acronym to make, the commander groused. And the interdimensional trademark laws are a bitch to circumvent. Interdimensional trademark laws? It's not your concern, Pistoff said shortly. You have information regarding the psychic disturbance that took place in our atmosphere earlier today? Psychic disturbance? Did it cause that weird storm? Yes. A flock of aerial creatures from dimension 45XY broke through into our world and, uh... The sergeant paused as if embarrassed. Started breeding in our lower atmosphere. We're here to clean up the, uh, um, residue before any people interact with it. It may be too late for that, I think. Jay explained the situation down in the emergency room. Would coming into contact with this residue ugh, cause this kind of behavior in people? Most definitely, Sergeant Pistoff said quickly. Dimension 45XY is a predominantly psychic dimension. Interaction with their genetic material would cause all sorts of psychic reactions in people that wouldn't be visible to most people in this world. So they really have these powers? Yes. Apparently, the flock covered a much larger area than we thought. We will need to take everyone to a secure facility for analysis. Jay thought about Sweet Miss Gray in a secure facility and cringed inwardly. Then he thought again of the rashes. Would you say that this psychic reaction could be allergic in nature? Essentially, yes. That would explain the rash, Jay mused. Which means that some sort of steroid or antihistamine might affect a cure. The sergeant perked up at that. We do have something that might work. We've called it the Super Stuffer Serum and have been developing with ingredients from different dimensions for years. We just haven't been able to work out the last of the kinks. What kinks? Jay asked. For one, it tastes horrible. <laughs> That's easy, 
We can disguise it with some hospital food. Nobody expects that to taste good anyway. The agent whipped out his radio and issued some quick commands. Within a few minutes, a metallic briefcase was airdropped to his waiting hands. He handed it to Jay. Let's get to work. A few rushed hours later, Jay was handing out Super Stuffer grilled cheese sandwiches to the patients in the ER. The patients weren't thrilled with the taste, but ate them without complaint when Jay described it as Mystic Cheese Sandwich. Within a few hours, the patients were back to normal, if a little dazed. After the last one, Miss Gray, coincidentally, was released, Jay met Sergeant Pistoff in the hospital cafeteria. Thank you for your help in providing the serum, Jay said tiredly. We are the good guys, Pistoff said, handing Jay his card. Of course, we'll need you to let us know if any of the patients come back in. Sure, but why would they? The horrible taste wasn't the only kink that we had not yet worked out of the Super Stuffer Serum. There could be side effects. Jay just sighed. Headshot, come back. You my headshot. I didn't really leave. Shh, you're destroying the illusion. Oh. Do that again, then. No. Oops. Fine. So what's next? A promo. Oh, that's easy. Well, yeah, here you go. Ever notice that it gets dark just before it's time for bed? That's pretty convenient, isn't it? I can think of a dozen uses for Vegemite. Not a single one involves actual consumption. Hundreds, sometimes thousands, of random and quirky thoughts flip through our little brains every day. Thinking about founding the International Order of Dainty Silk Underwear Inspectors. Strictly for science, of course. Sometimes we allow those thoughts to surface long enough to be recognized as hidden gems. Don't look now, but I'm naked. Under my clothes. Scott E. Pond has been collecting his random thoughts and observations for the last six years. Mental Graffiti contains the best of the best, hand-selected for you for this volume. Whoever let loose ninja goats into my dream last night, screw you! You ruined a perfectly good top-secret mission I was on with Celine Dion. Mental Graffiti. Available on Amazon in both ebook and print on January 29th, 2016. Sometimes you need to take a can of spray paint to your brain. Other times, your brain is the spray paint. Well, that was quite the process. It was. I mean, when you have to. <clears throat> Sorry, I yawned apparently. When you create something. There's 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 a lot of that goes into it from start to finish. It's a process. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into it from start to finish. Okay, stop saying that. Oh, okay. Process. You know what else get pro gets processed? Food. Food. It's food. Processed food. That's the segment. 
Are we being direct today? Because I really like this direct thing. We don't do that here. Being direct or process things. This is all fresh food. Not the next segment. What's the next segment? Processed foods. Oh, you're being direct. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. I get it. Yes. Let's do the thing. Yeah. Friends. No. Let us let us begin the process. Did you like send it to me? No, I'm just gonna give you my phone. Oh. <laughs> let us begin the process. <laughs> process foods. That's. Oh, that's, I get it now. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I love being difficult. Processing. Processing. What's our download at? Download at 27%. Oh, good. We have time to do this processed foods real quick. Awesome. Okay. Connection so, interrupted. <laughs> we've got a lot more time to do this processed foods now. <laughs> so processed food segments are where Fun. We, yeah, they're fun. They're fun. Are where we, so much fun. You want to explain them then? No. Okay. It's fun. It's where we take um, monologues from plays, TV, movies, preferably, you know, well-known ones. <laughs> and, and and put them through like I, I think five seems to be the golden number of layers of Google Translate. And we read you the original and then we read you the uh destroyed version. <laughs> so Aaron will be reading this one, and this is a cold read. And this is actually a fairly long one. This is Valerie's letter from V for Vendetta. Uh, making me read this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, this is long. Uh, I twice. Like yeah, you get to read it twice. No, I only get to read this once. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me settle in for a long winter's nap. <clears throat> Sorry, what? Did somebody say December? <laughs> I remember the 5th of December. I don't think that's how it goes. But that does have something to do with the uh-huh. Beaver Vendetta. Words. Okay. <laughs> I like his version. All right. Let's do this. At least I'm not making you read the whole the V's thing with all the V's in it. Maybe I should do that sometime. You going to keep interrupting me? Yep. Like you do with me. That's fun. I know there's no way I can convince you this is not one of their tricks, but I don't care. I am me. I'm already thinking of how this is going to be destroyed. (laughs) My name is Valerie. I don't think I'll live much longer, and I wanted to tell someone about my life. This is the only autobiography that I'll ever write, and, God, I'm writing it on toilet paper. I was born in Nottingham in 1985. I don't remember much of those early years, but I do remember the rain. My grandmother owned a farm in Tottlebrook, and she used to tell me that God was in the rain. I passed my 11-plus and went to a girl's grammar. I was at uh, it, it was at school. Ha-ha. It was at school that I met my first girlfriend. Her name was Sarah. It was her wrists. They were beautiful. I thought we would love each other forever. I remember our teacher telling us it was an adolescent phase that people outgrew. Sarah did. I didn't. In 2002, I fell in love with a girl named Christina. That year, I came out to my parents. I couldn't have done it without Chris holding my hand. My father wouldn't look at me. He told me to go and never come back. My mother said nothing. I'd only told them the truth. Was that so selfish? 
Our integrity sells for so little, but it is all we really have. It is the very last inch of us. And within that inch, we are free. I'd always known what I'd wanted to do with my life. And in 2015, I starred my first film, The Salt Flats. It was the most important role of my life. Not because of my tongue-tiedness. Um, <laughs> not because of my career, but because that was how I met Ruth. The first time we kissed, I knew I never wanted to kiss any other lips but hers again. We moved to a small flat in London together. She grew Scarlet Carson's for me in our window box, and our place always smelt of roses. Those were the best years of my life. But America's war grew worse and worse, and eventually came to London. After that, there were no roses anymore. Not for anyone. I remember how the meaning of words began to change. How unfamiliar words like collateral and rendition became frightening. When things like Norse fire and the Articles of Allegiance became powerful. I remember how different became dangerous. I still don't understand it. Why they hate us so much. They took Ruth while she was out buying food. I've never cried so hard in my life. It wasn't long until they came for me. It seems strange that my life should end in such a terrible place. But for three years, I had roses and apologized to no one. I shall die here. Every inch of me shall perish. Every inch. But one. An inch. It is small and it is fragile and it is the only thing in the world worth having. We must never lose it or give it away. We must never let them take it from us. I hope that, whoever you are, you escape this place. I hope that the world turns and that things get better. But what I hope most of all is that you understand what I mean when I tell you that even though I do not know you, and even though I may not meet you, laugh with you, cry with you, or kiss you, I love you. With all my heart, I love you. Valerie. Such Damn, good, that's heavy. It's such a good monologue. Let's it destroy is. it. Through Spanish, French, Czech, Danish, Basque, and then back into English. <laughs> <laughs> Deep breaths. She goes to prepare. <sighs> Big day. Big day. <laughs> It's read the first line. <laughs> I love doing this to her. Why? Okay. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I know they cannot convince it. It's not one of his tricks. But I do not care. I am. <laughs> My name is Valerie. <laughs> I do not think I live anymore. <laughs> She's just a ghost. <laughs> A ghost! <laughs> and I would like to talk to someone in my life. <laughs> this is the only autobiography I'm writing. And, <laughs> and God, I'm writing the toilet paper. <laughs> I was born in Nottingham in 1985. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I cannot remember many of the early years, but I remember rain. My grandmother knew that Toddlebrook had a farm, and God told me it was in the rain. <laughs> <Your birth. laughs> 
<laughs> I spent. <laughs> Sorry. I spent eleven years and went to. <laughs> and went to the grammar of the pig. <laughs> I met my first boyfriend at school. His name was Sarah. <laughs> Hi. Her dolls were beautiful. <laughs> I always thought I loved him. <laughs> I'm sensing some confusion. <laughs> I remember our teachers told us that people had overcome the phase of teens. <laughs> she made Sarah. I did not. <laughs> you didn't make Sarah. I didn't make Sarah. No, he's fine now. <laughs> <laughs> My face hurts. My side hurts. <sighs> hurts. In 2002, <laughs> I... <laughs> I fell in love with a girl named Christina. This year, I went with my parents. <laughs> I could not make Chris without taking his hand. <laughs> my father did not look at me. I told him to go there and never come back. Go there. <laughs> go down there. <laughs> Just so you know, I was pointing at a place. <laughs> my mother did not say anything. He told them the truth. Was it so selfish? Our integrity is so small for sale, but that's really it. <laughs> so small for sale. It's our last centimeter. I went metric. What the hell? And in this thumb, we are free. Which thumb? The centimeter one. Oh, okay. The metric one. I do love, I love how it went metric. It's a metric thumb. <laughs> okay. I always knew what I would do with my life, and in 2015, I started my first movie, Salt Flats. That was the most important part of my life. It's not my career, but I met Ruth. <laughs> Ruth is not my career. For the first time, we kissed her. We kissed her. We. The royal We week. kissed her. Her and Sarah? <laughs> yeah, that was him. And I noticed that I did not make another lip kiss. Oh! I just thought about that. I, don't, I need to not think. No. Scissors? We went to London together. Wash cars for me in the window. <laughs> and in our place, always smell the roses. These were the best years of my life. But the American War was worse and worse, and eventually it reached London. Then there was not a rose. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just gone. It's not for everyone. <laughs> I remember how the word's meaning changed. <laughs> Shit. Curse. The unknown words like warranties and interpretations are terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Things like Norse fire and loyalty objects were strong. <laughs> I remember how dangerous it was. I still cannot understand why it hates us so much. They took Ruth to buy food. <laughs> Food. I, I, I never cried alive in my life. I did not go long. <laughs> it seems strange that my life is that place. But after three years, I made some words and I was apologized to everyone. 
<laughs> I die here. <laughs> Every centimeter will tell me. Every centimeter but one. One inch. <laughs> it is small and brittle, and it is the only world it deserves. We will never lose or give up. We never have to remove them. I hope who you are who you are. <laughs> you want to escape from that place. I hope the world is spinning and things are better. <laughs> but most know what I mean when I say, even though I did not know them, and although I did not find them, I laughed myself or me. I love you. Heartfelt. I love you. Valerie. What the hell? They do not know what I mean when I say. <laughs> who you are, who you are. I don't know what I mean when I say. What did I say? Why this me? Heartfelt, I love you. Heartfelt. I love you. <laughs> Valerie. So please feel free to uh, shoot us suggestions. Please feel free to shoot us. <laughs> Suggestions. Or take us to buy food either way. <laughs> um, for future monologues to do, um, so we can make Aaron lose it again. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> so wait. No, don't make me relive it. No, just this this kitchen. Do we function in imperial or, or metric? It keeps changing. Uh-huh. I blame the check. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> <laughs> I, when I do those, I like to find put it through at least one um, language that has a completely different alphabet system than we do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what destroys things. It's great. It's wonderful. You're mean. Yeah, but it's fun. And you seem to enjoy that. Sigh. You know what else we enjoy? Money. I wasn't going to be that direct, but we're being joined today. So, yeah, I enjoy money. It, it helps when, you know, we have people backing us to help support the podcast. Like if they go to patreon.com slash the melting podcast. That is direct. That's very direct. I'm directing you to that website where you can go and you can back us for as little as or as little as $1 an episode or as much as $50 an episode. That would be nice. Do that. That'd be great. Merry Christmas. And help us pay web fees, um, and hopefully upgrade equipment eventually become a paying market. Our first goal is to become a paying market. It won't be professional rates, but it'll at least be paying. And we're close guys. Just a few more backers and we'd be there. And the thing is backers are getting that Patreon backer only episode that I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. It's going to be out in the next couple of weeks and I mean, you want this. It's bonus content that you can't get unless you're a backer. Also, swag. Yeah, you also get swag. Speaking of swag, if being a long-term backer isn't your cup of tea, which we understand, mm. but you have an extra $20, $30, $70 bill lying around, you can go to, what's our swag store's web's URL? Do you want to say that again? URL. Well done. <laughs> uh... I remembered it like the last three episodes, but I don't remember it this time. Shop.spreadshirt.com slash The Melting Podcast. There we go. She got that part right. She knows the name of the I, show. I, I did remember it. 
<laughs> I was mouthing it when you were saying it. Don't mouth your lines. <laughs> it's not like we actually script this. <laughs> yes, what, we do. I wonder what would happen if we it's did. Planned. It wouldn't be as funny. No. No. We're not that funny when we plan it in advance. No. The funniest stuff comes from when we just end up staring at each other like, what just happened? And yet you're staring at the Christmas tree. It's really shiny. It really... It is. Uh-huh. I like it. You can get shiny things from shop.spreadshirt.com slash themeltingpodcast. <laughs> shiny things with our faces. But maybe not Christmas trees. No. No, but you can get like... Mugs to drink your coffee in on Christmas morning. Uh-huh. Or buttons to put on all your presents because you want our faces on them, apparently. I wonder if we can get stickers. I need to look into some other things. I need to expand the shop a little bit. Not right now, though. Not right now. I gotta... Right now we have to tell them more things. Yes. Like what they can do at iTunes. Well, they can give us a review. Duh. I, we, oh, guys, reviews help so much. Please do that. Please do that. You want other people to find the awesomeness that is us, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, because then they can back us and you know go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash podcast. And then maybe when you send us a story, because of those other people that your review brought to watch and who gave us money, we might be able to pay you. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it's it, beautifully it's, circuitous. It, it really is. Now, when you make words, I mean, I, I'm, I'm an author. Please don't do it in vomit form. Oh, God. I'm, I'm a writer. You're a writer. We have, we have written things. You've we, written more things than I have. But you have written things that have been on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We know that it's tough. So we like to kind of help. The process? I would, I would say spur you along, but we more like to kick you in the pants by giving you prompts. Kathunk. Yeah. By giving you prompts. Kapow. We currently have two yeah. open prompts. Yeah. Sorry, I turned into a superhero who still can't stop staring at the Christmas tree. <laughs> How about you stare at this? Oh, and, that's shiny too. And, and, and read uh, what the first open prompt. All right. So our current open prompts, uh, prompt number 17 is, you have a dinosaur bodyguard. This is the last month for this prompt. Lissai. Yeah. It closes at the end of 2018. So you want to write dinosaur stories? Write dinosaur stories. Seriously. Do, do, come do on. it now and then send them to us. Do it now. And prompt number 18, you are informed via phone that your significant other has been in an accident. They are standing right next to you. <gasps> I have overgasped. Uh-oh. That's dangerous. Don't do that. Okay. Yay. It's fine now. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. So Christmas tree. Yeah, Christmas tree. You just stare at that. I'm going to go over some last little details with our listeners, okay? Okay. So we accept two types of stories. We accept what we call Stoke the Fire stories, which are 1,500 words or fewer. They do need to be based off one or more of our prompts, at least one open prompt. If you want to go into our backlog and get some sprinklings of ideas from the others, go for it. And then we also accept uh, main ingredient stories, which are 5,000 words or fewer, which can be on any topic. No erotica, please. Bonus points if it's based off a prompt, but it doesn't have to be. So if you have a short story that's lying around, you haven't been able to find a market for, you want to hear our dulcet tones read them out to you. Dulcet tones. Oh, hi. Christmas trees are pretty. Okay, anyway. Um, yeah, just just send it to us. Go to themeltingpodcast.com slash submissions, and you can see our guidelines and get those stories in our hands, and eventually we'll shove them back into your ears. <laughs> Did I get you? Even the Christmas tree couldn't distract me from that. (laughs) You're so dumb. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) 
<laughs> this, um, see, this is why we're friends. But this um, is why we also friends. have other things that we need your help with. <laughs> we have so many things we need help with, guys. Uh, you um, do. Check out our Facebook group. Check out our Twitter because we're always putting out those requests for mystery meal words. We can always Mad libs. <laughs> yeah, we can always use um, suggestions for um, monologues to do our monologues to do our uh, processed food segments. Mm-hmm. We also have some other segments that are audience participation that we haven't been able to do in a while because we haven't had any, like our short order cook segments, where you send an email to the melting podcast at gmail dot com. With the, t- with the subject line, short order cook, and then one member of the crew, either me, Aaron, or Theo, whoever you want to issue the challenge to. In the body of the email, give us a one to two sentence story prompt. We will not see those until we actually record the segment. Basically, we no time to plan. No time to plan. We have five minutes from reading that prompt to plan and tell a story. And we need to do some more short order cook segments, but we need your help for it. I'll probably put out a call in the Facebook group. Awesome. Yeah. Also, if you're an author and you want to be interviewed on the show, contact us. We need more people for our uh, food, not food critic, our um, little seasoning segments. Yes. Yeah. So basically, we just need more content and we want to put you guys out there to, you know, we put, put, put it on your shoulders, basically. Do, uh-huh. the, do the thing, guys. Just We just... don't have a show if you don't send us the words. Yeah. They, if they don't send us what? The words. Send us. Stop trying to prompt me. (laughs) Send us stuff. We'll use it to feed the masses. Thank you for listening to The Melting Podcast. You can check out our website with submission guidelines and current prompts at themeltingpodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at MeltingPodcast. Or you can email us themeltingpodcast at gmail.com. The Melting Podcast is released under a Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means you're free to copy it and share it as long as you don't change it, don't sell it, and always link back to the website. Sound effects are by the Free Sound Project. And our theme is by Drew Rich Creek. Send us stuff.